Good morning to each one of you. Greetings in Jesus' name. I brought a, some stuff along. It's Mother's Day. Guys probably, men probably don't have a lot of interest in something like that. But I'm, I'm married a woman that loves flowers. And so she allowed me to borrow some of her flowers. <clears throat> this is not a Mother's Day message, but I do want to say, you know, today is Mother's Day. And, and so with that, we say, God bless you as, as moms, as mothers of young, old, middle-aged, as grandmothers, the impact that you make as you live to your husband, to your sons, to your daughters, to your grandchildren is something that will forever, and I say forever, because I really do believe that, it will forever impact their being. And guys, I, I'm men, uh, we're we're in the same kind of boat. I think it's not Mother's, um, it's not Father's Day, but yet we impact as well. But the heart of a mom reaches somewhere that men we will never be able to reach. And so, to the ladies, I say God bless you for the work that you do. And as we reflect on some scripture. In uh, 2 Timothy, it says in chapter 1, he's speaking to Timothy and, he, and he, the apostle is saying, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also, wherefore I put thee in remembrance. We can't be too thankful for the impressions that we make as people. As I brought these in, someone made comment that maybe the sermon was going to be flowery. And I hope it's not, but it, it'll probably be a little more like this. Deadwood without Christ. Now there's a contrast. This was once living. And it's, it's dry. And yet something is still taking place within this piece of dead wood. But this piece of dead wood was once alive and growing. Not like flowers, but in, an, in, another, in another form. I know for myself, there are times in my life where I have felt close to God. And then there are other times where I felt like God was distant from me. 
And it seems like sometimes when we get into that place, no matter how much we cry out to God, He seems untouchable, unapproachable, seemingly even unavailable. Have you all ever been there in your Christian life where God seems distant from you? My question for you is, where is God? And I want us to consider that this morning. Where is God? You know, we see in all creation the very presence of God. Is God in this piece of dead wood? Is God in these flowers that are growing? Is God in the gravels of the rocks that are, were, that are under the pavement out here in the parking lot? Where is God? And I want us to think about that. As you and I, as Christian people, we believe that God is Creator of all. And that even though He is the Creator of all, He is living within us. And we talked about this in our 7th and 8th class. How can God be so huge that He can hold everything, hold the earth in His hand, and yet indwell our being, indwell our heart? How can God be there? We look at creation, the very essence of what we need to believe. And it says in the very beginning that God created man in His image. And I know that this is kind of, I go there a lot because I love that creation story. Because as we look back to that creation story, it's the very foundation that if we don't believe in the literal creation, if we don't believe in a superpower, God, as creator of all, then where is our faith? Is it going to be like this tree? This part of a tree that was once alive, that was growing, that was thriving. It had the sap running up and down behind the bark. And each year it added one ring. A growth ring. And yet when that thing was severed on both sides, it started another process. Death. When that thing was severed, death ensued. But if you leave this out, into, out in the elements, what is going to happen? It's a continual process that God, as a great Creator, designed. And we see it as a piece of dead wood. And yet, as that thing rots and di disintegrates in, back into the earth, it creates a food so that more live things can take from those elements, from the, that carbon, and continue to grow. God, our Creator. God wanted in the very beginning, as we see, mankind to be in a relationship with Him. And it says that He created God in His own image. In the image of God created He Him. 
And instead of God blessed them and made them fruit and said to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And whenever all that was done, it said God saw it and it was very good. And then God planted a garden in Eden. And he put the man there whom he had formed to dress it and to keep it. I believe that when God placed Adam in that garden, there was a fellowship, a communion that was a close relationship with God the Father. There was a close communion between man and God, between Creator and created. And I believe that when Adam was in that garden, God was near him. Where is God? With you today, where is God? Is He near you? Is He far away? We know the story. Satan came and tempted Eve. And she and Adam ate of that fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And in eating of that tree, they broke that close communion. And death ensued. It was cut off. Now their physical body didn't just die then. And yet God told them that when they ate of that tree, they would surely die. They broke that fellowship. They cut it off. Was it because of who God was as Creator? Was it because that He walked in the garden? Was it because He walked away from them? Why was that fellowship cut off? Was it because God was untouchable? Unapproachable? And seemingly unavailable? No, it wasn't. It was because Adam and Eve chose to do the severing. Adam and Eve chose the dead wood ahead of the life-giving growth. And I think for each one of us, I think we can identify somewhat with that in our own lives because there are times where we feel like we are systematically and growing and vibrant in our walk with the Lord, but then there are other times where we feel like, God, where are you? And as our children grew and are growing, I think we can identify somewhat with God. Being God the Father in, in the garden, placing His children there and saying, this is what I want you to do, but don't do this. We try as parents to love, to correct, to discipline our children as needed for their good. We want them to know that we care. And I believe that God in that garden relayed to Adam that He cared about him as a person and to Eve as well. We want our children to grow in obedience to each one of us for their good, but not only for their good, but for their eternal good. And I want us to think about that. For, the, our, for their eternal good. It's not that we as parents enjoy meeting out that discipline, but we enjoy seeing the results at the end 
of the discipline, of that love shown, of the correction. And then we see them wanting to make good choices. And yet, as they grow and learn, and as we have to uh, meet out sometimes that, that discipline in love, sometimes it grieves our heart to see them make some choices. It's disappointing when our children purposely choose to disobey. And it mars our relationship until that relationship is, is restored. Whether it's through discipline, whether it's through correction, whether it's through repentance, wherever it, however it is that it is restored, it mars that relationship. And there's fear between, specifically from child to parent, until that relationship is restored. As we talked about clothed in the righteousness of God, one uh, brother shared with me not so long ago, he said, you know, if God created man in His image and clothed him in righteousness, don't you think that he was enveloped in his body by righteousness and they could see no nakedness? And that was just a profound thought to me. God, crea- God created man in His own image, and in God's image were we created, and God clothed mankind in His righteousness, and so there was no recognition of the nakedness until that choice of disobedience and that severance of that relationship between God and man. And then... They didn't see that clothing of righteousness anymore. It was gone. That was just kind of a profound thought. I'm open to your thoughts and corrections on that. We want our children to have a relationship with us. God wants us to have a relationship with Him. And it says in Proverbs, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. This word depart means to turn off to decline, to rebel, to revolt, to withdraw, or to be without. God, our Creator, desires us to live in obedience and in communion with Him. He wants us to worship Him as our God and Father. He wants that right relationship where we can walk and talk with Him. But we see in the garden... In Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, it says, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam hid himself, Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Your relationship with God is dependent on who you're looking at. Look at Adam and Eve. In the garden, when they were looking at God, when they were clothed in righteousness, they were looking at God the Father. They weren't looking at their own bodies and themselves, but when they chose to sever that relationship, when they chose that relation, that, to sever that, by disobeying God, 
They saw themselves. They saw their nakedness. And it wasn't God that left them, but it was them that left God. It says, God called and said, Where art thou? And he said, I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Who created the distance? And so I refer back to, sometimes we feel distant from God. Who creates the distance? Is it God that goes away from us or is it us that turns our back and flees? Why do we as people tend to blame God for not hearing our prayers? Doesn't He hear our prayers? If we pray in faith, if we pray according to His will, if we pray not according to our own lusts, I think He will hear us. Why do we say that God doesn't care? Why do we look at the distance that we create ourselves as God's fault? I want us to think about this. Most times when the distance is created, it's because we've partaken of the fruit. We have partaken of something that He says, don't do it. We listen to music or we tell us tell a lie or we do something else and it creates that severance. It creates that distance. It creates that fear of being close to a holy God. Is it because God moved away? No, God is where He always is and always will be. It's because we personally have chosen. It is because we have personally gone to hide from God. Because we hear His voice through the Spirit. And we don't want to be close because we have that fear. How do we know that God wants a close walk in fellowship? How do you know that? How do you know that God cares for you? How do you know that in spite of the many times that we personally ignore or run from God, from His promptings, through His Spirit, through His Word, even through other people, how do we know that He wants us to be back in that right relationship with Him? Well, God's Word tells us. It's very clear. God wants all men to be saved. And it says in Romans 5.8, But God commendeth His love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. That He might bring us back into fellowship. That He might restore us. That He might turn us from choosing the dead wood to something that is alive and growing like these flowers. God gave the ultimate. In John 3.16, we know those verses oh so well. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Now, we read those verses and we say those verses and we memorize those verses and we kind of clip through them very glibly. But how many of you all as parents, Delmar, Sarah, would give your son. Anybody else? How many of you all would give your son for some person 
that we would look at and say, that guy is rough. That guy is a sinner. That guy's a murderer. That guy is whatever. And you can fill in the blank of the sins that they do. But how many of us would care to sacrifice one of our own children? And yet God, in His great love for us, gave His only begotten Son to suffer. And we talked about that the other week. That whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that through the world, that the world through Him might be saved. In 1 John 4, 9 and 10, it says, In this was manifested the love of God towards us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live. Because this is where we are apart from Christ. This message is of dead wood apart from Christ. And we are all just like this dead wood apart from Christ. His love was manifested in that Jesus He gave His Son. Hearing His love, not that we loved God, and I want you to think about that verse, herein is love not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be a propitiation for our sins. Some of you all have heard this story before. But in 2011-12 school year, the seniors went on their annual trip to Puerto Rico And on that trip, there were friendships made. And like Travis and Benjamin and some others that went this year to Guatemala, they mingled with people that they don't normally go. Angelina, who else went? That's all here. But there were some new friendships that were were born or begotten or made on that trip. But on this trip to Puerto Rico... There were some friendships made. And for several weekends and many phone calls after that, these friendships grew. And like normally happens, that spring, the seniors were invited to the graduation at Berkeley in Georgia. And if I recall correctly, all of the senior class that year went down to that graduation. Brent Halteman and Gary Hagee were the two graduates that had gone along on that trip to Puerto Rico. And these seniors continued in building that relationship, having a really fun weekend, spending that time with their friends there. On Sunday afternoon, they headed home. And about halfway home, Franklin received a phone call that Brent, he received a a phone call from Brent's mom that Brent had been killed in a four-wheeler wreck that afternoon. You know, they had experienced a relationship, a joy, a friendship, and just that quickly, 
that friendship, that relationship with that specific young man ended. It's hard to believe, and yet it's true to life that these things happen. Accidents happen in life, and people are ushered into eternity just in the blink of an eye. Where is God? Was He there? Did He care? Does He care about you and the choices that you make and the people that you're friends with? But most of all, does He care about your relationship with Him? Or do we care about our relationship with Him? As parents, Paul and I knew that Franklin was hurting inside. And as parents, we wanted to do whatever we could to, take, to help take that pain away, but there was no way we could reach that pain. We couldn't reach it. A friendship was formed, and it was quickly lost. And there was nothing that we could personally do about it. And so we suffered with him. Not to that extent, but we suffered with him. We felt not even a fraction of the pain of Brent's mom and dad and brothers, sisters. We couldn't reach that pain. Where was God? We look at that context and we say, that was a young man snatched out of this life. There was so much potential there. God the Father gave His Son. Brent's death did not restore the whole world in a right relationship with God. Brent's death may have helped some others to come to a closer walk with God, and we praise God for that. But Jesus Christ came and lived and died and was given as the ultimate sacrifice so that we might live and not be dead wood. Where is God? Could God have prevented this accident? Absolutely. When they were riding down that hard top road, I think there were three guys on the front. Is that right? Two or three guys on the front. Two guys on the front. The one guy was banging his foot against the front wheel. And in that one little instant, the grip of the tire caught his pants leg and pulled them all forward into eternity. As we look at Jesus' life on this earth, we see that He lived a life basically what like we do, except He was sinless. He had the relationships with His mom and His brothers, His dad, the disciples. And I can imagine that as those people saw Jesus being beaten and spit upon, and all of those things taking place, and there was nothing they could do to reach in to stop that. 
Not being able to intervene. Not being able to stop the pain. Not being able to do anything but just to watch it happen. Did God care about them? Where was God? Where is God? We know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God did care and does care. He cared about that relationship with Mary. He cared about that relationship with His brothers. He cared about what they experienced. He cared about Judas Iscariot. And we need to remember, it was God's gift to you, to me, so that we might be saved. This suffering and death of Jesus Christ was so much more than an accident. But it was a perfectly planned event to wash away my sin, to give me life, to take away the dead wood. And that is for each one of us here today. In Psalm 145, it says, The Lord is righteous in all His ways and holy in all His works. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon Him, to all that call upon Him in truth. Did Mary cry out to God when she saw her son suffering? I'm sure she did. We tend to try to think things through logically. To place God and the events that happen where we want them. And it, we also tend to cast blame or reason or something else when it doesn't work out just exactly like we like it. It says in Proverbs, every, man, every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord ponders the heart. Does God care? Where is God? Psalm 34, 17 says, The righteous cry and the Lord hears them and delivers them out of their, all their troubles. The Lord is nigh to them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. Where is God? It says He is nigh to those that seek Him. It says that He will deliver the righteous out of their afflictions. Will He spare us from physical pain? It doesn't say that. But God is near. Where is God? He is seeking His own. Not willing that any of us should perish. And He is speaking to us through this Word today through many other people that are sharing from His Word today, God is speaking to us through these flowers. Maybe even through this piece of dead wood that thrown out into the woods is going to return to dust and humus, whatever, to nourish and replenish something else. And if it turns to ashes, even those ashes can be useful for something. But He is speaking to us today through His Word, through nature, through other people, through many, many other ways. Are we listening? Can we hear it? 
Are we wanting to draw near to God? Or are we seeking a tree to hide behind? Because we've partaken of the fruit. Isaiah says, Seek ye the Lord while He may be found. Call ye upon Him while He is near. That's something we need to do. We are not enveloped with this robe of righteousness aside from Jesus Christ. We are the dead wood aside from Jesus Christ. And we need to seek Him while He may be found. Call ye upon Him while He is near. Hebrews says, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, Today, not tomorrow, not next week, not next month, not next year, but it says today, if you hear His voice through the flowers, through the dead wood, through this Word, through my voice, through your dad or mom or someone else, harden not your hearts. And then it says in Hebrews 3, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief, departing, moving away from God, from the living God. But it says here, exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be burdened through the deceitfulness of sin. People, we know what sin is. It's not rocket science. It's righteousness or unrighteousness. It's truth or a lie. It is following God or not. It's living in obedience or disobeying. It's not rocket science. And it says, take heed, brethren. But I believe it's speaking to sisters as well. Lest there be in any of you a heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your hearts. Where is God? He is near. Where is eternity? It is near. Brent Haltman and those young men were riding down that road on a four-wheeler, having an enjoyable Sunday afternoon ride on the four-wheeler. Not suspecting anything to end that fun-filled ride. But that fun-filled ride ended really quickly. And I remember one of his brothers said he flew off. And he got up off of the ground and he went running back and he saw Brent laying there. And he said, we knew. We knew that he was gone. And there was nothing they could do to restore that life. And yet God, in His all-powerful creation, maybe didn't restore His physical life. But because Brent had a testimony that he was right with God, he removed his affliction. And although we don't experience that young man growing to maturity, maturity, and we don't see Him as a friend coming into our home anymore, that young man is where we all want to be. I mean, we believe that to be true. Seek Him while He is near. Today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your heart. 
James 4 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners. Purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep and let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and He's going to lift you up. God is where He always is and always will be. He is in heaven with Christ at His side making intercession for you and for me. Jesus paid the price. Will we live? Will we choose to live? Or will we choose to continue to sever a relationship with God? Jesus said in John 14, If a man love me, he will keep my words. And my Father will love him. And we will come unto him and make our abode with him. And Revelation says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open that door, I will come in to him and I will sup with him and he with me. And so my challenge to each one of us today, and I say this to myself as well, if the Spirit is speaking to your heart, through this Word, through this wood, through these flowers, through someone else, your parents or friends, allow the door of your heart to be opened, that He can come in and sup with you. And if we sum up these last several verses that I read, and we ask the question, where is God? He is near. And we need to take heed and harden not our hearts and submit ourselves to God and draw nigh to Him and humble ourselves and He will come in. If God is calling you, today is that day for each one of us to respond to life, not the dead wood. So may God bless you as you seek to follow Him.